0: So it's a pleasure to be with you guys. Um, So Andy, you will have figured. uh, Liz is not here. We had the church this morning up in Launceston. Uh, with our with our people there uh, so i'm just recovering from midland highway brain fog which i'm sure uh, others of you have uh, had the privilege of experiencing from different times but the coffee that i got on the way in uh, definitely helps it's lovely to be here lovely to meet you guys those i haven't met before lovely to be in the new uh configuration for together church that's that's great i didn't ask how long you wanted me to how long does dan normally talk for too long five minutes i understand yeah yeah all right, well, look, it's up to I'll, I'll do two minutes less than that. Um, I, 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 as I was praying uh, for you guys and praying about what to, what to share uh, this afternoon, I was reminded of, um, one, of the, one of the parts of, uh, of our vision uh, at Barney's, which is our, our vision is that we want to be God's missionary people, seeing lives transformed. Uh, and there's a whole lot in that. That's sort of a couple of decades of thinking and reflecting on my part and and others as well. And th- but the part I just thought it would be worth sort of drilling down a little bit this afternoon is that that second part, seeing lives transformed, uh, and and just unpacking it a little bit together, uh, thinking about what it uh, what it does mean, what it could mean, maybe what it has meant, what we would love to see it uh, mean as brothers and sisters, as fellow. Uh, followers of Jesus here in here in Tassie. Um, I don't know about you, uh, but my my first ever experience of the word transform was with uh, ers on the end. Uh, this kind of kind of dates me a little bit, Mick. But um, uh, transformers. I remember. Um, grow, I grew up in a in a very a fairly sort of well. Uh, uh, what would be a polite way of saying this, because Daniel's recording. Uh, a very proper Christian household, let's say. And and things like Transformers were deemed a bit inappropriate. You know, they involved shooting and guns and fun. Um, so... But I had friends who had Transformers, so my experience of Transformers was one step removed. But the coolest one of all was the truck. I know that it was called Optimus Prime, that transformed from an average-looking truck on the road to a some kind of amazing robot warrior. I mean, that's you know still beggars belief that that was possible. But but there you go. So that was sort of Transformers. It was pretty cool, and you would just sort of bend this bit, flick this bit twist this bit and suddenly it looked like a robot warrior and then do it again and it it looked like a truck again. Anyway, so that's my first uh, theological reflection on uh, transformation for you. You're welcome. Um, The second do, right, well you can watch it on YouTube I think. It's very cool. Um, So what does that have to do with following Jesus and is transformation always as cool as a truck becoming a robot warrior? Um, So then when we look into scripture, um, look, sometimes it is And I don't know about you, but if you think of people whose lives were transformed in the pages of Scripture, I go quite quickly to Saul, uh, who went from persecuting the church, persecuting the followers of Jesus in Jerusalem, on the road to Damascus, and then blinding light, audible voice of God, Paul, Paul, Saul, Saul, why do you persecute me? He's blinded for three days. Um, at the same time, God's speaking to a guy called Ananias in Damascus. He says, hey, you know the guy Saul who's been persecuting all the Christians? Yep, yeah, yeah, I heard of him. Well, he's on his way to your house, um, but he can't see. I want you to take him in, look after him for a little bit. So, of course, that happens. And, that's, again, it's a pretty significant transformation. God breaking in powerfully, this audible voice of God Saul goes from persecuting Christians to, in the end, the end of Paul's story, being one of the pioneers of the the church that plants communities of uh, men and women who love and serve and follow Jesus all around the known world. Pretty dramatic transformation. Arguably in the same league as Optimus Prime and the truck, you know, robot warrior thing. Either way, pretty cool. Um, so there's a couple of different aspects of, of transformation. But then w- when I think, well, I, I believe that we're called as followers of Jesus to be people who, whose lives are being transformed and who are used by God to see other people's lives transformed, I get a little bit discouraged sometimes if I if, if that stuff doesn't seem to be the normal way that it happens. I don't know about your experience here, definitely there are those times where the voice of God is audible and there are things akin to uh, uh, blinding lights and uh, transformation of that kind. The passage that I'm going to read for us in a moment um, is also on a road... And there's also an engagement with Jesus, but rather than the road to Damascus, the road to Emmaus, is at the end of Luke's Gospel, I'll just read it for us. First of all, if you've got a Bible of any kind, digital or paper or whatever it might be, just uh, turn with me to Luke 24, and I'm just going to read from uh, verse 13 through to verse 35. Last chapter in Luke's Gospel, Luke 24. he said to them how foolish are you and how slow to believe all that the prophets have spoken did not the messiah have to suffer these things and then enter his glory and beginning with moses and all the prophets he explained to them what was said in all the scriptures concerning himself as they approached the village to which they were going jesus continued on as if he were going further but they urged him strongly stay with us they got up got up and returned at once to jerusalem there they found the eleven and those with them assembled together and saying it is true the lord has risen and has appeared to simon then the two told what had happened on the way and how jesus was recognized by them when he broke the bread i'll just i'll just pray for us father thanks for your word thank you that uh, we we get to hold in our hands in the palm of our hands these words that have been handed down uh, over the centuries that are written by you ordained by you breathed by you and that are living and alive and speak to us today in 2019 in hobart so god as we just unpack these words for a few moments together this afternoon we ask not just that my words will be clear but that your word to us through your written word would be clear. So come, Holy Spirit. Open our hearts, open our ears, open our minds to know what you would say to each one of us this afternoon. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. So, look, as I said, we care about lives being transformed. And I want to sort of fill in that end of the spectrum where the transformation happens not in the dramatic Huge, miraculous, audible voice of God, blind, flashing light. Although I very much believe that that happens, and pray that that would be your experiences here, uh, as much as uh, ourselves and anywhere else in the state. But what I want to do is sort of just fill out that end of the spectrum a little bit. What about the what about the everyday? What about not the Damascus Road, but the Emmaus Road? So a little bit of a little bit of context. Although probably you'll get where that uh, passage comes in the narratives in any case, but. This is right at the end of Luke's Gospel. Jesus has done three years of ministry on earth, including then being arrested, being crucified, being uh, buried, rising again, and we're just at the place where on the first Sunday morning, the Easter Sunday morning, Mary has uh, gone to see the tomb and she's met Jesus face to face. John and Peter have had their uh, historic running race to see which one was fastest to get to the tomb, and we get told who it was and who it wasn't in the in the accounts. And then this uh, account in Luke's gospel of the two disciples on the road to Emmaus and another encounter with Jesus right after his his resurrection uh, from the dead. So that's kind of the context where where we're up to. Um, now I'm struck uh, by this encounter because we we read about these two at the beginning and it says, I can tell you the verse that it's in, but it says that they're downcast. Uh, da, 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 da. Verse 17, they stood still, their faces downcast. Anyone ever been downcast? Ever felt downcast or anxious or... Depressed or uncertain probably all of us if we're honest at some time or another Well, this connects with us (laughs) It's a Lonnie thing so I could be right. I could be right. It might be an English thing to be honest but um, These guys go through a transformation in this very passage because they start out downcast downtrodden lost hopeless abandoned and they finish hope filled faces up immediately racing back to tell others what they've discovered so right here is transformation even in these even in these few verses so what i want to do is i want to just track through their journey um, and see six things that i've sort of spotted in there and i promise i'll be just a little bit quicker than dan would normally be Uh, but i just want to pull these six things out in case any of us feel downcast or any of us feel like we would like to see transformation in our lives or in the lives of those around us but because it doesn't happen like the Damascus road we feel a bit downcast and despondent and well maybe it doesn't happen anymore i would suggest this stuff happens all the time so just have a have a quick trot, trot through this passage with me for a moment or two so starting at verse 13 that same day, two of them were going to a village called Emmaus, about seven miles from Jerusalem. They were talking with each other about everything that had happened. As they talked and discussed these things with each other, Jesus himself came up and walked along with them, but they were kept from recognizing him. None of this is going to be rocket science, by the way. The first point, the first way that transformation happens in the lives of these two is really simple they were talking together. I grew up in the UK. Um, we, uh, we had adverts for about a decade, run by our telecom company, British Telecom, original. And um, their, their whole tagline was, it's good to talk and they had Bob Hoskins, who was a minor C-list celebrity in the UK, with a very Cockney London accent, and they basically would just show people who were really busy, and then they'd pick the phone up, and for only, I don't know, 50 cents a minute, some horrendous price, they would call someone on the phone and they'd talk, and everything would be all right again. And the tagline was, it's good to talk, in a London Cockney accent. Uh, And that ran for about a decade in different different ways. That's all on YouTube, as well as Optimus Prime. Um, But it is. And the reason that that marketing slogan stuck 20 something years ago and would probably still stick today is because although it is really good to talk, we, te- we tend not to do it all that much. We tend not to have the time to walk along the road for seven miles talking with one another about all the things that had happened. I don't know about your daily experience, but if we wanna go seven miles, we're not walking, first of all. Uh, we're in the car. Probably uh, if multiple people are in the car, We're arguing about who gets to choose the music on the radio station, so we can turn the music up, not even the radio, I'm dating myself here, Spotify, there you go, Um, and then we've got music on and there's background noise and, and, and all the rest of it, and we're probably not in that instance having a good conversation about the things that have been going on in our lives. I reckon that advert would, would, would run pretty well today. We live in a world that is not conducive to talking together about all these things. So it sounds kind of simple, but the amazing thing is, as they are on the road talking together, Jesus turns up. Sometimes, in all of our experiences I know, when we have had the space and the time to talk with each other, about God, about the things of God, about the things that he is doing in our lives, the things we would love him to be doing in our lives, the things he's doing in other people's lives, that wish we wish he was doing in other people's lives. Sometimes we get that real sense, hey, God has shown up in the midst of our conversation. And my first encouragement for us is it is good to talk. We see these two guys doing it and Jesus turning up. The, that is a big thing for our world We know, and I don't need to go through all the sociology, but relationships are fractured. We feel disconnected more perhaps than in living memory, at least. Um, And the world is noisy and it is busy, and we don't talk, but it is really good to talk. The Bible is full of love one another, encourage one another, build one another up, confess your sins to one another. It's hard to do that if we don't slow down and make the space to talk as they talked to each other and discussed these things with each other jesus himself turned up so that's the first thing if you're making notes there are only six talking together it's very very simple but in the course of that little and often gradual transformation occurs second thing that we see in this passage is the impact of questions now i don't know about you but when i read verse 17 and i and this one's in red so you know it's obviously pay attention red letters he asked them what are you discussing together as you walk along now why is Jesus asking them what is it that you're discussing together as you walk along does he not know what it what what it is that they're discussing is he somehow somehow omnipotent apart from for these five minutes on Easter Sunday afternoon does he not know or is he asking the question for some other reason than to find out the answer. I mean, particularly when we see that next question in verse 19, they say, Oh, you know, the things that have been happening in these days. And Jesus says, What things? I'm pretty sure Jesus has got an inkling of what the things were that have been happening over the last few days in Jerusalem. So Jesus is asking them a question, and I'm pretty sure his primary reason is not because he doesn't know the answer. So why is he asking these questions? And then we zoom out a little bit and we see throughout the gospels again jesus asking questions for some reason other than he doesn't know the answer i get to in you know half my life now uh, get you know get paid to ask people questions to help them stop and think and reflect often when somebody asks me a question if it's a good question i don't know the answer and it causes me to stop and to think and to reflect it's quite amazing that we see jesus doing that in lots of different places remember the blind uh, beggar bartimaeus who can remember the question that jesus asks him what do you want me to do for you now i'd be kind of cynically standing "Oh, jesus take a wild guess what do you think he wants you to do for him but jesus asks him the question is it because jesus doesn't know the answer i don't know maybe jesus doesn't know what his answer is going to be right there right now but maybe jesus is asking so that bartimaeus has to think well this is what i want you to do for me to stop and to think and to reflect anyway these things can happen in our everyday lives when we make the space to talk that we start asking questions like this uh, to one another and if i think back through my own life some of the questions that people have asked me at different times in the past have really caused me to stop and think. So, uh, you guys might have some that are kind of common within your community. Two of, two of my favourite ones that uh, lots of our folks will ask each other now is, "What do you think God's been getting your attention with in the last little while?" Now, there's a question, and the kind of conversation that follows on from that is a pretty cool one. What do you think He might want you to do in response to this? Again, when somebody asks me that question, I'm blessed. Because they care enough to ask they care enough to give me the time they care enough to listen they care enough that i can then with a friend start thinking out loud and going well i think god's maybe nudging me here and i think maybe yeah there is a response that that, that i'm called to make anyway so transformation happens not boom overnight but little and often over the course of a decade or a year or a month or a week through these really simple things it's good to talk asking questions. Let's see what else happens. Uh, verse 25, we'll, we'll skip a little bit here where um, they talk about the, what they did understand of what had been happening in these days. And Jesus, of course, in verse 25 then says to them this. Now, You might want to write this down in, in quotation marks. How foolish you are and how slow to believe all that the prophets have spoken what's happening here? How is this kind of conversation that, that is happening with Jesus contributing to a transformation of the, of the disciples? Well, look, I'm not really suggesting that we write this down in quotation marks and repeat it verbatim tonight when we get home with our husbands or wives or tomorrow morning. But what we do see here, and we see this in different places in the life of Jesus, is that he is pretty happy to challenge his disciples for their good, so that they stop and think and reflect and grow. I, I don't know about you, but there are definitely times in my life where I've been really grateful, normally after a little bit of time has passed, when people who I know love me and I know have my best intentions at heart have called me out on stuff, have challenged me. And it might not be how stupid and how slow to believe, but it might be, uh, is that really what you want to be doing, Andy? Is that the best thing that you could be doing in that relationship, with your time, with your money? How's it working out for you? Well, my friend, one of my friends, Christoph, that's his favourite, challenging question. How's that going for you? How's that working out for you? Jesus challenges these guys because he cares about them, because he loves them, because he's got their best interests at heart, and he's calling them to step up. To be more of who they were created to be than they're currently being in that in that moment, i don 't know about you, but I find that really hard, especially in uh, the context that we live in, where it 's super easy to be outraged, super easy to take offense and to storm off in a huff i mean to be honest, if somebody had said to me on the seven mile hike. What, is the, what are the words again? How foolish you are and how slow to believe. I'm not sure I'd have continued the rest of the hike with them. It doesn't sound like, you know, a fun afternoon. Um, and even if I'd kind of walked along with them, probably in my head I've stormed off in a huff, even if I've not actually stormed off in a huff. It's a risk to, to do that. And again, when I look back and think of those people who have loved me enough and had my best interests at heart, to say, you know, how's that going for you? Is that really the best gee, they're taking a risk, because I could storm off, get in a huff, and be be angry back at them. But actually, it's been really good to be able to receive those nudges and gentle challenges that have come along the way. I've been blessed kind of the other way around. All, All of these things, by the way, we can give them and we can receive them. So like, we can give the gift of talking to each other, a conversation, and we can receive it. We can give the gift of asking questions and we can receive it. You know, Jesus said it's better to give than to receive. But in this context, I reckon it's probably pretty good that we're able to, to do both. So it's great that we're able to receive those challenges from those who love us and who have our best interests at heart. But equally, it's a real privilege and a risk to be able to be people who bring that to others i think of a couple of uh, young folks in our in our congregation over the last uh, couple of years who've said hey andy if there's anything that you want to challenge me about please do now i don't take that lightly and to be honest i think wow that's such a mature position to be in and and posture to 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 adopt if there's anything that you want to challenge me about please let me know and um one of them got married after that, which was, was great. I'm pretty sure that wasn't only because I said, I think you probably about to tell you got married, but nevertheless, it was a good outcome. But challenge is tough, but challenge brings real uh, joy and real rewards. And again, on this road, on the seven-mile journey, when they're talking to each other and there are good questions being asked, there is in the mix. There are some words of challenge, but they're for the good of uh, the disciples, and it leads to transformation. All right, we're halfway. Uh so yeah it's good to it's good to be open to God challenging us through other people and it's good that we be open when God might prompt us to challenge somebody else to do it gently to to do it in love and uh, and to do it with their best interests at heart. Uh all right ver- verse 28 let's look at the fourth thing that we see on the road here uh 28 through to 31 as they approached the village to which they were going Jesus continued on As if he were going further, but they urged him strongly, Stay with us, for it's nearly evening, the day is almost over. So he went in to stay with them. When he was at the table with them, he took bread, gave thanks, broke it, and began to give it to them. Then their eyes were opened, and they recognized him, and he disappeared from their sight. Uh, The writer to the Hebrews says, Do not forget to show hospitality, To strangers for by so doing some people have shown hospitality to angels without knowing it so the fourth really simple everyday thing that gets used for transformation that we see in this passage is just hospitality just simply inviting uh people for a coffee for a cup of tea if you're english Um, you know picking up the tab after you've invited somebody out for lunch inviting somebody over for a meal that's not rocket science hopefully none of this is is rocket science point three is probably the hardest the challenge one this is simple this is straightforward this is this is uh not hard thing to do and yet if you think about those two disciples if they hadn't invited this stranger that they'd met on the road back to eat with them that night they'd have missed what comes next probably uh, sovereignty of god etc aside but we don't know what would have happened but because They went out of their way say come and eat with us come and be with us we want to spend this evening with you we want to extend hospitality to you more transformation happened in their lives as they were the ones extending the hospitality Uh, I can remember again uh, growing up where we were fairly careful with the pennies that's English for cents you know that Um, we were pretty careful with the pennies in our house and actually the sort of generous hospitality kind of thing wasn't wasn't a de facto thing wasn't a normal thing and it was a bit of a well quite a steep learning curve for me to realize it was all right to pay for someone's lunch twice in a row even though you paid last time and really it's their turn now um, or whatever it might be, um, and uh, we lo- lose track of who's paid for what coffees and all the rest of it, of course. But that goes a long way. Generosity actually goes a long way in transforming us, and generous hospitality also in uh, in, in transforming others. Again, this is not rocket science, but because they took these this guy in, this kind of level of, of revelation uh, stood out to them, and I think, gee, w- w- we can all do this. We can all talk to each other. We can all ask questions. We can all listen to God and challenge and be open to receiving that. And we can all extend hospitality. Fifth thing, verse 31 and 32 then their eyes were opened and they recognized him and he disappeared from their sight. They asked each other, were not our hearts burning within us while he talked with us on the road? and opened the scriptures to us i don't know about you but quite often it's some time afterwards before i realize what was actually going on anyone else ever had that experience hang on a minute were not our hearts burning within us while he was talking to us on the road the whole idea fifth thing of, of reflecting of looking back and making sense of the stuff that we have been involved in afterwards. Where was God in that? Was God in that? I think that was God. Weren't when our hearts burning strangely within us? And that, you know, when it's the lightning bolt from the sky and the audible voice of God, I, I don't read Paul in that account going, hmm, was it perhaps the voice of God? Was my heart burning strangely within us? In the big dramatic thing, that's not a question, but the small things we can miss. Unless as these guys do we, we hit pause at the end of the day or the end of the week or you know in, at the end of a season whatever it might be and say where was God in all of that?" I think that was I, I think that was God was getting my attention in that interaction in that conversation we're not our was not our heart burning strangely within us it's hard to to, to, to do that when we're in a rush when we're busy in the hustle and the bustle with the radio on and, uh, and all of those things, it's not actually that hard to do it once we, we make the space to do that. But again, many times the things that God is saying to us, we'll spot them later. We'll spot them in hindsight. We spot them when we do pause, we do reflect, we do have somebody ask us, hey, over the last week, have you noticed God interrupting you, getting your attention? As you've been reading scripture over the last couple of days, anything stand out and sometimes the thing that stands out later is quite a different thing from the thing perhaps that stands out at the time anyway fifth thing that we see them doing here is just the reflection the looking back talking it over things making sense in hindsight realizing the holy spirit was right there our hearts were burning john wesley talks about the heart being strangely warmed god was at work the holy spirit was there how did we miss it let's take note of it now and just reflect on it the sixth thing Uh, again ordinary everyday transformation from verse 33 then they got up and returned at once to jerusalem there they found the eleven and those with them assembled together and saying it's true the lord has risen and appeared to simon and then the two told what had happened on the way and how jesus was recognized by them when he broke the bread if we've taken the time to talk with each other to ask good questions of one another to be open to giving and receiving challenge. Um, what's the fourth one? <laughs> Hospitality and reflection. By this point, we're going to have got a few things that God's getting our attention, to our attention with. What we see here is that that's not where it ends, but that these two, they're straight up I mean, it's after tea by this point. It's dark. I mean, if they were Tasmanians, there's no way they're going out again after half past six in the evening. But nevertheless, they're up and they're off and they're gone to back to Jerusalem. I mean, it doesn't kind of give us the timeline how long it took them to walk back again after they'd had their tea with, uh, with Jesus and he's teleported off and they've got to walk. But nevertheless, um, they get up and they respond. They go and they tell. They don't just go, oh, that was lovely. Oh, Jesus was with us. Anyway, what's on telly? They get up. And they go and they act and they respond. And again, as we in our everyday lives don't just stop at point five and put Netflix on, but get up and respond in whatever the way it might be that God is calling us to, then also our lives are changed and transformed. So there's six things there. There are other things in other parts of Scripture. It's probably not even an exhaustive list uh, from that passage, but talking together, asking one another questions... Challenging and being open to receiving uh, challenge from people who love us and have our best interests at heart. Hospitality, reflection, looking back, response, looking forward. Their lives are transformed. They're not downcast anymore. They're jubilated, if that is even a word. They're full of joy. They're excited. They're passionate. All of us, whatever the situation might be that we're in, will experience transformation in our lives, little and often, as we do some or all of these things, most of us, if we've been, if we are Christians, if we've been Christians for any length of time, when we look back, quite often, the ways that we've grown have been through lots and lots and lots of these little, everyday, often, transformations that happen. And suddenly, a a year or two or 10 has gone past, and if we stop to reflect, we go, hey, I'm not the same person that I was. Transformation is happening. Jesus is alive. His Spirit is with us. I am not the same person I was the day I said, yeah, I want to be a follower of Jesus, I've grown and I've changed. When we look back and observe those things, I don't know about you, but for me that gives me faith and hope that that can continue. There is no way that Jesus is finished with me. This might just be me, but if if I limit the way that God can talk to, to me and get my attention to those Damascus Road type things, well, you know, if I'm lucky, I might see one or two over 40 years. And then i think well look maybe i've got another 40 years maybe god will do one or two more things in my life between now and when i die that doesn't do a whole lot to lift the downcast depressed uh andy whereas if we take the time and we stop and we think well hey this week i've had five conversations with people and it only cost me five cups of coffee um a couple of them have asked me great questions my wife god bless her often a source of helpful challenge in my in my life dan invited me for dinner after this gee there's a whole lot of ordinary everyday things going on through which god does speak can speak will speak will continue to do and then all of a sudden rather than well in 2001 he did a cool thing I'm kind of going, well, actually, today's done a few cool things. And then rather than, well, in the next 40 years, maybe there's one or two more cool things, it could be now, it could be tonight, it could be tomorrow. In these little, small, often everyday things that where God keeps on breaking in, my life gets transformed, little and often. I'm more aware of it, more attentive to it. And actually, the lives of other people get more transformed as well because I'm listening and I'm obeying and they're listening and they're obeying and it turns out it is really good to talk just like British Telecom told us all those years ago. So, a few thoughts really just from that passage about transformation. But, I mean, I'm not quite sure what, you know, if you've got a particular vision statement here or all the rest of it, but as followers of Jesus, this is the stuff that we're here for, seeing lives transformed. And it does involve the massive life transformations, you know, people being set free from all sorts of oppression and addiction and injustice, but probably the people that God's going to use to do those kind of things is going to include the kind of people like you and me and if I sit and wait for another lightning bolt from the sky I might be waiting a long time whereas if I'm open to actually well it's probably over a glass of wine that God again says something that he also said when I was watching telly last week that he also said when I was reading the Bible last week that my wife realised God was saying three years ago and I'm finally catching up well if God speaks through all of those ways here we are Let's respond. Let's get up and go and be who God is calling us to be for the next week even, or the next month or year or decade or whatever else it might be. So this encourages me because it increases my faith that God isn't dead, but that he's alive. It increases my faith that he's not finished with me, but he's continuing to do a work of transformation in me. It gives me faith that actually in any little group of, com- of, of believers like our church or you guys here, well, if 30 of us, seeing god transforming our lives well look out look out hobart look out world look out one another and so the kingdom of god comes in greater measure than it's there right now on earth as it is in heaven so hopefully that's just a bit of a blessing and a little bit of encouragement uh, for us just thinking you know yes the road to damascus experience still happen and pr- let's pray for them because that that would be brilliant the more of those the better as well but let's not wait for god to do the damascus road thing but also have our eyes and ears and hearts open for him to do the Emmaus Road thing, because I promise you there's a whole lot more of that going on than any of us realize right now. Um, Would it be all right for me to pray for you guys? Yeah. Lord Jesus, thank you that this is the ordinary everyday stuff of the band of sisters and brothers that you call us to be. Thank you that this is the kind of stuff that you did not only do 2,000 years ago, but that that you did this week and you will do next week. Jesus, we in no way want to limit you to only working in this way. Absolutely not. Jesus, we open ourselves here and now to say, would you please speak to us with audible voices and blinding lights and shake up our worlds. Lord, you have every permission to do that in our lives. But I pray that we not only limit you to doing that, but that we also be absolutely open to your still small voice, to the whisper, to the heart strangely warmed, to the stranger that we've uh, invited for lunch, to the brother or the sister we're having coffee with, for the same passage of scripture that we've read a hundred times to speak to us in a new and a fresh way, for the challenge of our friends, for the questions, for the talking together. Lord Jesus, would you help us to know how we would respond to what you've spoken to us about this evening so that our lives would be transformed and the lives of the people that we do life with in this city would be transformed. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.